Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Greetings and welcome to another edition of The Way of Fanoa. Trying to get back into the groove of things. I miss talking to y'all. I hope you miss me too. Um, hopefully you have been checking out uh, my reporting as well as my colleagues at PRISM. Um, there are links in the description for this episode. But it has been an interesting journey um, since last spring. All the things I thought I was going to do last year that we're sidelined. Hopefully with some love and support, I'll be able to continue to get back on track and connecting with uh, good people, having c- good conversations, doing good work, which I mean, there's there's so much amazing work happening right now. And there is so much collective building opportunity, persistence in you know, what can be at times a very just depressing experience. Um, before this past month, we've all been dealing with the pandemic in varying ways. I am thankful that I do work from home um, and that my children have been safe, that we're all safe, we've all been healthy. Even my parents who have still had to go out into work have managed to to still be safe, right? Um, that is, I, re- I, re- I reflect on that privilege and blessing. Um, but just the collective, you know, carrying of emotion just in some ways, it seems like even being at home, I've been working from home now, um, at least part time for the last several years, you know, formerly with the federal government and then moving into working with, you know, um, national digital organizations. But I've been working from home the past two years full time. Um, and it it just seems like in this pandemic moment, we're all because you can't do anything else that we're all like just plugged in and doing more. Right. So I've been trying in my own just personal space in life to carve out moments, whether it's during the day and the first thing in the morning, trying to listen to something calming to help me go to sleep because my mind is racing because there's just so much. And there's only so many hours in a day, only so much energy. Um, And, you know, your girl is still only operating at about 70, 75 percent. You know, thanks, cancer. But um, yeah, so it's been a lot. And then I feel like when the news around Ahmad Aubrey hit and we've just had so many incidences, it just seems like one after another of glaring, you know, everything that we've been seeing, you know, blow up over the last several years and really just historically period. Right. I mean, I think back to Sean, De- Sean Bell, Amadou Diallo, um, you know, I remember, and I, I mean, there's so many people I can't even remember names, right? I remember the the year I graduated from high school, there were two murders on the south side of Chicago I was, as I was getting ready to leave for college. Um, and one was like just blocks from my house, two police killings, you know, just blocks from my house. And it was, that's over 20 years ago. And we, we internalize things 
and we continue to move on. And I was just really sitting with it this week in particular. I feel like this week and watching the protests unravel um, in in Minnesota and Minneapolis and talking with colleagues, you know, who are living in the community where much of this is happening, trying to figure out how to plug in um, in my role as an electoral justice staff reporter, you know, really prioritizing people who are doing the work and covering what's happening, right? Instead of just press releases and the press conferences you see from official news sources, which is also, you know, relevant understanding what's happening with, you know, leaders from or different government entities and the governor and the mayor. But just watching this all unfold on social media and recognizing that, yes, I am safe, but I've been so sad, right? And not wanting to be overbearing because I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist, I'm trying to make sure I can get draft in, file a draft in time for my editor to get to it, but also recognizing that these are real people. These are people that I, you know, whether I know them personally or not, love and respect and just acknowledge the trauma and what is happening and unfolding in a community that has already had to deal with, you know, justice delayed and denied for Philando Castile for Jamar Clark and countless others, right? We're just talking about Minneapolis alone, um, not to mention across, you know, here in Atlanta and in so many other places, right? So we we also, you know, we have people on the ground in, in uh, Louisville and, you know, up in Michigan. And it's just, this, like this week, it just seemed like it was just a lot. It was so overwhelming, and finally, I was able to connect with um, Hennepin County Commissioner Angela Conley, um, and we had an interview earlier this morning, and I was really thankful for, for her making time and talking to her. And you can check out the interview. Um, it's now up. Uh, again, all the different links. Shout out to also to my colleague, Tamara Davis, who um, was able to talk with local organizers around divest invest and how uh, cities need to actually be divesting from police and not expanding the money that's being given to police and there's been this national conversation it's a really good deep dive that that Tamar grabbed together um but this is also coming at a time where we're in the middle of a pandemic we are in the middle of yet another election cycle and it's just a lot and I figured I was I was really searching and trying to figure out how to sort through my feelings, also trying to figure out how to process the information as it's been unfolding. Right. And even though for many of us who are watching this all unfold, we're not physically in Minneapolis. We might not even have any direct ties in Minneapolis, but we feel it so eviscerally. Right. And we, we recount this when we think back to Eric Garner, when we think back to Michael Brown. I mean, I know for me with Tamir Rice, I've talked about this before with my son, um, who was a year younger than Tamir would have been. Like, there's just so much. We have not Brianna Taylor. I think about my daughter and the scourge that is no knock warrants and women, you know, I mean, Sandra Bland. I, it, again, we can go on and on. But I was trying to find some purpose as I was as I was editing. Um, I was a bit emotional editing this interview just because I felt like, you know, Commissioner Conley was really speaking, as the phrase goes, truth to power, but also like 
this is the type of elected we actually need. Um, this is the ethos we need our elected officials who are people first elected officials actually like driving home and speaking from. But it also made me think about the collective response of whether people consider themselves resistors, grassroots organizers, whatever, Democrats, independents, whatever, conservatives, Republicans, whatever you're. I was just thinking about, you know, that that quote, your silence will not protect you. And when I was looking at it, it's Audrey Lord. It's a it's a snippet of an Audrey Lord quote. Um, the full quote is my silences had not protected me. Your silence will not protect you. But for every real word spoken, for every attempt I had ever made to speak those truths for which I am still seeking, I had made contact with other women while we examined the words to fit a world in which we all believed bridging our differences. Like, I just had to sit for a minute, right? Because in the middle of, you know, I'm editing this interview my managing editor, we're all collectively dealing with all the things that we're dealing with. And like the emotion just hit me. At the same time, I find out from my kids, I'm upstairs in my room, you know, working. I find out from my kids, my teens are downstairs and my son is thinking about going out to a protest. And I was just like, I'm scrambling. Like, so I'm like stopping what I'm doing with work to figure out, you know, my son wants to go out to a solidarity protest. And I love it. The kids get active and engaged. The only other like event like that, that he's been to since he's been older as a teenager that he's wanted to go to was an action that was pulled together when um, 21 Savage was detained by ice. Uh, It was pouring down rain. And Max was, you know, very excited. And we went out there. We didn't stay out there for long because, again, it was pouring down rain. But that was something that had grabbed his attention. And, you know, sometimes with teens, especially with boys, it can be difficult. But so, you know, I posted on Facebook to ask to see if anyone I knew was going because I being higher risk for COVID and just so much going on, like I can't be out in large groups of people and stuff. Right. And so but I also don't want my kid who's six one, six two. Uh, has basically a full beard at 16, right, with his locks. I mean, to anyone who sees, you know, blackness as less than, you look at my son and and, and who knows. Um, and I just want to make sure if my baby's going to be out there, he's going to be all right. He's going to be safe. And so appreciate everyone, you know, who gave suggestions and things like that. So he ultimately opted not to go because mom's fretting was getting in the way. But so all this is going on. I'm doing this, inter- I'm, I'm editing this interview, which is now up. But this, you know, just just sitting with this collective of emotion and trying to figure out how do we navigate in this moment? How do we show up? What does it mean to move on from one case to another? Right. And we keep at, you know, and I say we as in the journalism, the media, mainstream society, you know, each case. But really, when we look at the collective thread that has run through the way that policing the has run through the valuation of lives um, of black, indigenous, Latinx, API, like we look at the thread across history, you know, putting all this into context and really understanding what's going on now. And it's it's heavy. But but. What I appreciate about the work being done by my colleagues and so many other people is, you know, what are the action steps? Like, 
What should people be doing in this moment? How can we help? So for those of us who aren't physically in Minneapolis, like one way that many people have been talking about, supporting the local organizations that are actually doing the work, right? That are on the ground, that are deeply connected to that community, um, showing up if there are, if, if people can do so and do so safely, because we are still in the middle of a pandemic health moment, um, you know, wearing masks. And and for those of us who have the ability to helping people get access to masks, right? Um, but I was thinking about this quote, like our silence does not protect us. Um, so just trying to keep your head down, respectability doesn't protect us. Uh, and, but it's the coming together and speaking that truth and making those connections with other people that helps us bridge our differences and move through this world, right? Um, and so just pull, pulling this all together and, you know, I, I was, people mean well. And I need for folks to recognize that if you aren't a part of certain communities or groups, there's also a, 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 a burden that your angst, you know, allyship, Um, should never come at a burden or a price to the people you're trying to be an ally to. And this is something that myself and others have to remember when we're trying to be allies to other communities as well. But, you know, I was really disheartened earlier when I saw people saying things like elections matter or, you know, I know people mean well when they're saying these things or this is why we need to vote. You know, you have a Democratic district attorney that has been refusing to to actually hold police accountable. Like to, I mean, the, 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 the logic leaps that this man has had. And this is not the first instance where the community and, and folks have had to, you know, agitate because the county attorney did not want to, to move. Right. I mean, this notion of we have to have all the evidence and even the evidence is not favorable. When is that ever the standard for prosecutors to charge someone other than when it's a police officer or maybe in some instances, some other politician or political figure of some type of high position and influence? Right. That That is never a consideration in arresting, let alone charging, charging, let alone arresting the average person. And so thinking about this elections matter. And I was talking with this a sister friend earlier and we were just talking about how elections matter is true, right? Having, you know, county commissioners and city council members who are making decisions, who are effectively, you know, advocating that is moving communities forward and centering and considering the well-being. Like the governor kept using the word equity in his press conference this morning. This is, you know, about an hour or two before it was announced that the officer, um, the main officer in question was was arrested and then was, you know, subsequently charged. Um, he kept talking about equity, but it's like, I don't think they understand what equity means, right? And they're not definitely not listening to the people who are willing to break it down, what it means. So like when we're talking about, you know, elections mattering, like that is that is factually true, but that is the most frustrating or one of the most frustrating things that can be said in response to this current feeling and moment. And as someone who has struggled with anxiety for a long time, I get it. We are in this very traumatic moment of constant trauma 
But for so many of us who grew up in certain communities, who come from certain backgrounds, that trauma is generational. That trauma is deep and it's systemic. And it's not just, it's not going to be resolved with an election. It's the actions after the election. It's the people that we are electing who can be part of the solution. But the elections themselves are not solely the ultimate solution, right? Or the only solution, ultimate solution. That sounds, I've been watching The Man in a High Castle. Forgive me. That sounded a little, a little too, ugh. But, and, 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 and I also saw this come up in, in, you know, connection with Trump's tweets, right? Trump has been on a bender. He's upset about people being able to have access to the ballots. He's been lying about voting and particularly voting by mail since before he was elected. Um, And that's a fact, right? That's not editorializing. That is a fact that he's been telling lies. Um, And he's upset that he's being fact-checked. And then right after passing this executive, you know, issuing this executive order and claiming that Twitter's being unfair, he violates terms and conditions and is literally inciting violence. But not only is he inciting violence, Trump's tweets about, you know, shooting protesters and what needed to happen in Minneapolis last night. You know, Trump took language basically verbatim from a racist police chief from Miami in 1968. In a very similar situation. And this deep-seated, this deep denial that somehow this scourge of white supremacy that we're currently experiencing, right, this uptick, is going to dissipate, go away if we elect Trump out of office or if none of this would have been happening right now if we, the election had gone a different way in 2016. I mean, there are certain things we could, we could you know, probably reasonably say would be better right now the pandemic response for starters, but in these moments of, you know, state, state killings, um, whether they're, you know, deeply troubled district attorneys covering up, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the unlawful killing murder, uh, such as in the odd mod Aubrey case, whether it is the, the, the re- atrocious use of no knock raids um, as we saw back last year, with um, Sister Jefferson in a fort in a, down in Texas, as well as in Breonna Taylor's case in Louisville, whether it's the police, you know, um, multiple police beating on a woman up in Michigan when they're, you know, this notion that police can just beat people because you say move and we're exercising our right to observe things that are unfolding. Like there's this really jarring issue. Right. Like people having warrants outstanding for arrests and the only charge is resisting arrest. What are they being arrested for? So there are all these continuous ways that exist within systems that need way more than your elections matter. They do matter. Voting matters. Um, I was I've been thinking a lot about Malcolm X's ballot or the bullet. Right. If you haven't listened to it, links in the bio, links in the description, check it out. But I was reading it was early in the morning and like I was still coming to consciousness and I was reading a transcript of it. And, you know, understanding like Malcolm is talking talks about like the strategic leveraging of the vote. Right. 
and how people in particular groups in this instance specifically was talking about groups of white voters were split you know black voters as a block can can solidly decide decide who sits in particular offices and stepping into and recognizing that power instead of thinking instead of internalizing the burden that that we often do that we have to save everybody at the expense of ourselves so you know particularly if you are non-black you should definitely lay off the elections matter you just need to vote stuff because in particular when we're talking about black communities Right. And we're talking about black voters. Folks vote. There are a lot of people who don't vote for very real reasons. You know, but it's not enough to just say vote or elections matter. It's the organizing. It's the investment. It is the civic engagement, education and community building that comes from year round presence, listening, respecting and understanding the conditions and systems within which people are living under. That's where the change and where the movement starts to happen. Not just simply your elections matter. People take the, some of the wrong lessons away from some of the transformative election wins we've seen over the last few years. It's not simply that those elections mattered. They did. But they mattered because of what I just named. Because of the work. Because of the effort. Because of the ongoing day in, day out coupon clip in the movement that has gone on behind the scenes that most of you don't even see because you don't care to see it because it's much easier to post about how elections matter they do but we really need to stop that trend of elections have consequences just vote election matter that's not the answer to it all that could be a part of the answer if done and organized the right way so I have talked to y'all enough But stay tuned because fingers crossed it's my birthday week next week that everything goes off as I'm planning without a hitch or without a, you know, major hitch, but really trying to get back on schedule and on track to do more content with you regularly engaging. Please continue to like, share. Um, And if you haven't already subscribed to the way of Noah, because I have over 100 episodes still really dope content that you can listen to but um you can also um make sure that you are following and checking out our prisms on twitter uh prism is our outlet we are at our prisms on um instagram and twitter and facebook so i'm gonna let y'all go try to find some joy a moment even if it's just washing your hair in the hot water right Taking a few minutes and stepping outside in the sun and letting it hit you, kiss your face. That's my mom would say. Let the sun kiss your face. Like joy, joy is not simply an act of resistance. Joy is literally sustaining. And those few moments that we can find to sustain ourselves, to help us get to that next moment are super important. Doesn't have to be some big whole thing. And I know there's a lot bearing down on us but you deserve. So thank you for rocking with me and still hanging in there. I will catch you hopefully, like I said, next week, June 1st, Monday is my birthday and have some really good content planned. So again, like, share, subscribe, and I'll be in touch soon. Peace.